Dafam test starting from the Mishnah on the bottom of Memches Omid Beis. The Mishnah is going on. This sugi is going to be the sugi of the May Vladis. The pasuk says in Mishpatim, "Vichinotu Anoshim." Two men are fighting. Vinogfu Isha Hara, and one of them punches a pregnant, the wife of the other one who is pregnant. Vyatsu Yiladeha, and she loses the children. Veloya. Also, we talked about who that one of them did not die. The Isha did not die, or the person who was trying to hit does not die. Anoshi Anoshi gets punished. Kashayoshes love Bala Isha like the Bala. Isha wants him to pay. Venasim Muflilim Bezdin figures out how much he has to pay. This is what we call paying Demay Vladis. We already touched on the Suga previously. We said, A, it's Xerxes Akasa that it goes to the Bala Isha, which says, doesn't even mean if they're married, even if they're not married, even if they divorced her. But he is the one who made her pregnant. He is the father of the child. He gets the May Vladis. And this seems to be a Kiddush of the Turk, because at the end of the day, the Devlad, as we'll see in this Suga, is not really owned. By anybody. It's a Vlad. It's a human being. It's not owned by anybody. It doesn't have Yarshim for anybody to get its Nezik either. So really, there should be nothing to pay. You're going to pay for whatever Hezik you cause to the Isha. We'll see right away in the Gemara. But in terms of the Hezik to the Vlad, without this Parsha, Smashmari would not pay anything. Gemashma on the Pasuk that no, you do pay to the father of the child a certain amount of money. How much money? That's our Mishnah. Says the Mishnah. If you have an animal who is trying to gore another animal, or we'll see in the Gemara if that's Dafka or Lavdafka, the Hikas Isha, the animal ends up hitting the pregnant woman, and she loses the child. It's a miscarriage. That we had earlier, Vadabrahava said, one that was one of the Alkas of Balashar Naki is Naki Midve Vlades, that you do not pay Dme Vlades by an animal. But the Adam Shem is Kavala Khavera, but you have two people fighting and they were trying to punch each other. He and one of them ends up hitting the pregnant woman, then you do pay, that's the Pashup Shah and the Pasuk, that's when you pay this idea of the Mevlades. Kate said Mishal Dve Vlades, how do you figure out how much to pay? So the Mishnah Tanakama says, Shaman is a Isha. You focus on the woman herself. You know, it's not a standalone, how much is the Vlad worth? Rather, as we said, mentioned earlier, although in the Sugya earlier we were talking about doing this, we were talking about when you damage the para with the Vlad inside of it, or when you damage fruits in a field, we said you do it as a global type of macro type of Hezek, figuring out the difference in price of how much the field went up or down. So we do a similar thing over here, according to the Tanakhama, by Dmei Vladais. Shaman is Isha, how much was she worth before she had the child, and how much is she now worth when she lost the child? And the difference is the Dmei Vladais. According to you, we'll see what that word imkain means. He says, what do you mean? You figure out how much she's worth when she's pregnant, which is a higher amount. And then, how much is she worth now, which is a less amount? You pay the difference. She might actually be worth more after she loses the child than before. Pregnant woman, right? She's dangerous. We'll see in the Gemara. Lavdafka, she's going to survive the pregnancy, etc. If she loses the child and she's alive, she might actually be worth more as a shifcha now than when she was pregnant. So that doesn't work, says Rav Shengamliel. No, you actually evaluate the child. How much would some, obviously there's a risk there also, but how much would somebody be willing to pay for such a Vlad before they were born, investing in it? And that much money you have to give to the belt. Okay, so that's one machlekes. We'll see a second there machlekes, but there's one machlekes how you evaluate the Dmei Vladis. So if she does not have a husband, so nice the Yarshav. So if you don't give, there's no Baal. He has some Yarshav. Either he has children, sons, or he has brothers, or fathers, or cousins, whatever it is. Somewhere in the world, 
this husband has Yorshim, all the, this money, this my blood, this goes to his side of the family. family. If she was a Shifcha or Giyar, so Rashi points out the focus is not really what she is. The point is really what he is. Okay? But normally, a Shifcha would marry, or a Shifcha who is freed would marry an Evan who is freed, and a Giyaris would marry a Ger. But really, the focus is on him, not on her. So, in those cases, as we've always said, when a Ger dies, if they don't have any children, so they have no Yarshim. So, any, all their stuff they own becomes Hefker. So, you're also, if someone owed the money of the Dmei Vladis to a Ger, or to an Ever Meshuchah, who also is like a Ger, who doesn't have any Yarshim, so then the Misha says, Potter, you're going to be Potter, there's no one to pay, and you get to keep it as being Zeicha from Hefker. How does this work? The more we'll discuss the details. Okay, says the word, first of all, the first halakha of the mission, we talked about an animal. Time of the Mishchav and the Chaveri. It's mashma that an animal is potter, because the animal is trying to gore a different animal, and stand it up hitting the Isha, then he's potter, the animal. Hamishchav and the Isha, what if the animal was actually trying to hurt the Isha, then it's mashma, you would pay Dmei Vladis. Obviously, he paid the, the damage he does to the Isha, but it's mashma for our mission, the animal would pay Dmei Vladis, the only question is he was not Mishchavin. So the Gemara says, that doesn't make any sense. Limited to the Vada Bar-Hava. This would be against what we learned earlier from Vada Bar-Hava. The Gemara Vada Bar-Hava, Shvarim Shneshchav Elisha is Pater Mivei Dvadis. He learned it out from Bala Sharnaki. Naki Midbei Vladis. That was one of the drushes we made. So therefore, according to him, there's no case of an animal paying to Mei Vladis, whereas Amisha seems to be saying you could pay, which is a question of Kavona. Allah Vada Bar-Hava, Vada Bar-Hava will say no. Navdafka, Hu Adin Dafiru Shav Elisha Nami Paturin. It could be that a, a shard never pays my vladas at all, even if he's mecham for the isha directly, So why did it say it that way? Why did it pick that case? Because Seifa, since in the Seifa it said that case by the Adam. It says, That's the Pasuk, right? The Pasuk says two men are fighting, and then one of them hits the woman. So clearly by the case of the Pasuk, by the human beings, by the men, we're talking about where is Enam necessarily for the isha. Therefore, it said a similar case by the case of the animal, but Lavdafka, because according to Father Barhava, at least, never does an animal ever pay my vote. So therefore, Katani Reishanami, Shoshim is Chavim Lechaver. That's Mashra for the Gemara. The word never really clearly says it. But as Mashra Gemara, this is only Father Barhava, that there seems to be another sheet in which would say an animal would pay my vote, and then it would seem to have a similar halacha. We have, the Gemara never really delves into that point. The Gemara just assumes, that, like Rav Barhava, that there is no halacha of the vote, and therefore the mission, when it said about Mechavim, any Mechavim is Lavdafka. Amar of Papa, though, there is an exception. There is an exception where an animal would pay Dmei Vladis, which is, What if you have a shor that hits a pregnant shifcha? So the shifcha is owned by a balabayit, an odin, and the shor damages her, and she loses the child. Now that child, we know, is going to be owned by the odin. Right? That child is mamish owned. It's not like over here. Here we're discussing, as I explained, there's a chiddush in the Torah by a regular woman that it's ki'ilu, the husband or the father of the child owns the child. But by a shifcha, kananis, and other, they really mamish physically own the child. And therefore over here, when the shar is not going to say, they have to make Here you do pay to make vladis. Why? My time, it's just a pregnant animal. A, sh- a-, a-, a shifcha is no different than a pregnant animal. Just like when a shore damages another pregnant animal, of course, whoever owns that animal and owns the vlad inside that animal 
is a nizik and gets paid by the balashar. So when the shar damages a shifcha, where she and her child is actually owned by an adain, then you don't need the chiddush of the mevladis. Then it's a regular din of, of mazik for nizik, and you have to pay the mevladis, the person who owns the child. Therefore, there's no patur over here of balashar naki, because this is a regular din of mazik, not a regular, not a din of the mevladis. We see from the Pasik that the Avram, the Avram tells Eliezer to stay with the Chamor, and we darshan, and therefore he's going to be a considered a evidence, considered a Chamor, an animal, and therefore you see over there that the point is that an, a Shifcha, or an Evid, has a din like an animal, and therefore the Mevladis over there is just a regular din in Mazak, and therefore an animal would pay Mevladis in such a case. Okay, now let's get back to the second point of the mission was how do you pay and how do you evaluate this Dmei Vladis? Kate Sumasham Dmei Vladis. says, well, first of all, what did you say to evaluate? According to Tanakama, you're evaluating the Isha. Okay, so you're evaluating how much was the Isha worth when she was pregnant, how much is she less worth now that she's not, and that difference you pay to the Vlad, to the Baal, or to the father. Now, we've called this always Dmei Vladis. Says the Gemara, Dmei Vladis, Vishvach Vladis Viboile. It's not, according to where you're evaluating it, it's not just the value of the Vlad. There's also value of the, how it affects the Isha that's incorporated into this. Now, according to where Rashi learns this here, it's not a Kasha on Halacha, it's a question, an expression. Why are you calling it Dmei Vladis, which is Mashmur, you're only dealing with the value of the child? It's not only the value of the child, because since you're valuing the child on the Isha herself, so some of that is actually value of the Isha, right? The Isha was bigger, stronger when she was pregnant, etc. That's what we're assuming. So then some of that value is actually her value as well. So now, it's very clear, as we'll see in the Gemara, besides for Dmei Vladis or Shvach Vladis, as the Gemara is calling it now, there's also Hezek, right? Stam, the Isha got hurt, right? The Isha got hurt, the Isha has tar. Shevis, Baishas, whatever, the normal things you would pay by a normal Mazik, you do pay to the Isha, and that stuff definitely goes to the Isha. This special, I wouldn't call it a knas, but this special halacha, which you paid by vaz, goes to the husband, the father of the child. Says the that seems to include here not just the value of the child, it seems to be including the value of the, somewhat of the value of the isha that was affected as well. So, you're right. For sure, that's the case. And how it affected the Isha. And that difference actually includes some of the value of the Vlad and some of the value of the Isha herself. But Rishon Gamliel now comes and argues. Rishon Gamliel says, Im Kain. That's so, Misha Ishiyales Mishabecha. That's a strange expression. My comer. What, what does he mean? Im Kain. If that's so, then the Isha goes up in value. What do you mean, Imkei? So I'm a rabbi, this is how you read of Shingamliel. According to you, Tanakama, that the evaluation is based on the Isha, Imkei, that that's true, it makes no sense. Because the Isha actually goes up in value when she loses the child, not down in value. Okay, and therefore, because especially in those days, it was a tremendous sakana that a woman would die during childbirth, and if she died during childbirth, then obviously she's worth much less. And so now that she lost the child and she survived, okay, now you have a situation where she's actually maybe worth more. Okay, every time you were, in those days you would buy a shifcha, there was always a risk that she would die in childbirth and you'd be left with nothing. Now she survived that risk. 
so she's actually worth more. So says Rishon Gamliel, it doesn't seem to make sense to evaluate it that way. Ella says Rishon Gamliel, you have to do the evaluation based on the vlad itself. Ella shamas avladis for nice and about how much would someone pay to invest and pay for the vlad? Nothing to do with the isha at all. So now two points: a, you're evaluating it based on the vlad, not the isha. And B, if you're doing it this way, we seem to be getting out of the other question, which was Demei Vladis as opposed to Shvach Vladis. Shengamlil seems to be focusing only on Demei Vladis itself, not the Shvach, not how it affected the Isha at all. Tanya Namiachit says that in Brisa. talking. Does she worth more? Is she going to be worth more before or afterwards? She's definitely going to be worth more after than before. Ella, like Rishon Gamliel said, Okay, so that's the first way Rabbi says to explain Rishon Gamliel. Rava Amar Rava says another twist into this. Rava's right, but there's another point, and that is Hachiktani. V'chiisha lemi sheyoledes b'shabeches ve'ein liatzma b'shvach vladis klum. Rava says besides the question of how you evaluate it, do you do it based on the isha, or do you do it based on the vlad? There's another point, and that is that shvach vladis we discussed, demei vladis, which is how much the vlad is worth. That's one issue. But then we also discuss something called shvach vladis, which is how it affected the isha herself. Why should the husband, the father, get that shvach vladis? What does that have to do with the vlad? That's her. So says so, so, Rava. His point was hachitan v'chi isha misha yoledes mishabeches. Go back to the words of Shemgamliel. Im ken misha isha yoledes mishabeches. He meant why should that go to him? It shouldn't go to him. She should not get any of that. The value of the Vlad itself, that definitely goes to the Baal. But here's the point according to Rava. That how it affected her, that she got bigger and stronger, assuming she did, that money you split. She gets part of it, and the husband gets part of it. Now this we don't see necessarily in a Pusik somewhere, but Rava's understanding of Shingam Leo, this is the nature of the Gzai That when it says that the Dmei Vladis goes to the Baal, it's a two-step process. The Vlad itself goes fully to the Baal, and the Shvach Vlad, that sh- since it's physically in her goof, she's going to split that difference, however you figure out what it is, between the husband and between her. Tanya Amiyaki, we see that in Bafer Shana again in Shingam Leo. Is it only for the father, for the husband, and not for her at all? Elo, the Bryce says, However, Nezik, if she, if she got injured in general, any tzar that was caused to her, that of course, she gets the Nezik and the tzar totally. The value of the Vlad goes totally to the Baal. How the Vlad affected her, and if, if, if there was damage to be paid there, that you would be cholkin. So you see, mamish like Rav's pshat, that's two points. A, evaluating the Vlad as opposed to evaluating the Isha. And when you do evaluate the Isha, that shvach vladis, you split. Wait a second. Your whole point, the way Rabbi explained it, and Rabbi seems to agree to it, is that the Isha actually goes up in value after she gives birth. So what kind of shvach vladis are you talking about? The whole idea of Shvach Vladis is assuming that the Isha was actually worth more when she was pregnant than when she was not pregnant. And you tell me that difference that she went down in value, some of it you give to the Baal and some of it you give to the Isha. Where Shengom Leo holds, there is no money there. She goes up in value now. 
So what, what do you mean you're splitting it? There's nothing to split. Says Malay Kasha, Depends if this is her first child or not. If it's her first child, then the assumption is when she's pregnant, she's worth very little. Because it's very assumingly dangerous in those days. Didn't seem to be, it's somewhat related to each individual pregnancy, but it's also related to the nature of the women. Some women are more delicate in those days, and therefore they would not survive childbirth. Once they survive it once, we assume that their body is strong enough to survive it a second or third time. So the first child she has, actually, she's actually worth much less. And that's what Rishen Gamliel said, when she loses the child, she actually goes up in value. Whereas the second child, the third child, whatever it is, then we already see she's strong enough to hold a child, to hold a child and therefore she could talk and be worth more when she's pregnant because she's bigger and stronger than she would be after. Oh, maybe, maybe that's the shot also by, by an egel, eglatilta. This is the third one. Maybe. I don't only know. Only a third mevuker, but also I don't the third one. Maybe, maybe. Rabbanan, the Amri Shvachvla is not in the Baal Maitama. The Rabbanan, we say that this Shvachvla, this goes totally to the husband, not split at all. Where do they learn it from the Pasik? Kedistan, or should be Kedistanya. Mimashma Shenema Viyatsi Lodel. It says the two men were fighting. They hit the woman, and she loses the child. Viyatsi Lodel. So why does it have to say Vinagfu Isha Hara? Obviously, if it says the next word says she lost the child, obviously she was pregnant. Okay, not talking about like you know the child got lost. It means she miscarried. So of course she was pregnant. Why does it say she's pregnant? Matlam Hara lebal says Rabbanon that that extra Hara teaches me that the Shvach of her being pregnant, bigger, stronger, whatever it is, that also goes to the Baal as part of the Mevlod. It's what we call Shvach Shem Gamliel says no. Shem Gamliel says you split that. So hi hara my darshibe. So what does he do with the word hara? We buy a little kisani for a different halacha. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov Eimer lo oylem and a chayiv. You're not chayiv for the mei vladers. Adshi yachna keneged beis hahirayon until he hits her. Pashupshat means hits her where the rechem is. He has to hit her something that actually caused her to miscarriage. It doesn't mean you have to mamish hit her on the belly by where the Vlad is. If wherever he hit her, maybe on her head, maybe somewhere on her back, which would cause heat, Rashi says, and that would cause the Vlad to miscarriage, that would be good enough. That would also be a kiyam of this Pasuk of Harav. Whereas if he just broke her arm or broke her leg, which should not theoretically affect the baby, and then she miscarries anyways, in that case you would not have to pay the Mei Vladis, because we cannot draw a direct line between the Hezek that the Mazik did and her miscarriage. But that's what Shingam Leo learns out from Hara, and therefore he does not have the word Hara to teach me that the Shvach Hiroyon goes to the about. Does anybody argue on this last point? It's not clear. We don't see anybody argues on it. Maybe they just learn both things in the same pasuk. I'm not sure. The next halach in the Mishnah said that if the husband was a ger, or he was an evan b'shukhar, and he has no yarshim, so then the mazik is putter from being the mei vladis. I'm a rabbi. Rabbi said, not so simple. If the husband, or the father, doesn't even have to be married, as long as he was alive, when the Isha miscarried, so now, once he was alive, now, the Mazik is to pay him the Mevladais. So the Ger has a Shibud now to collect this money. Now, afterwards, the Ger dies. So the Mazik, who was supposed to pay the Ger, he doesn't have to pay anymore. He's Mechuyev to pay the Ger. The Ger has no Yoshim. He gets to keep the money. That's the Allah of our Mishnah, says Rabbah. But. If the husband, the father, was a ger, and he died before the mazik hit the isha, so zachila ihi begavayu. The halach is, all the nichse ger become hefker. 
So, assuming, says Rabbi, the way Rabbi understands it, the Torah is killing your Kiddush. The Kiddush of the Torah is that we treat the Vlad as if it was owned by the Father. That's the Kiddush of the Torah. We wouldn't normally say such a thing, but that seems to be the Kiddush of the Torah. Therefore, you paid my Vladis. Well, in a case where the father who is a Ger dies before the Isha gives birth, or before she loses the child, before this all happens, who now owns this Vlad? He doesn't have, if he has Yershim, it's owned by his Yershim. Brother, children, his father, his brother. But he has no Yershim, he's a Ger. So who owns the child? She does, because it's inside of her. So if she owns the Vlad now, says Rabbah, and now you hit her and she miscarries, then now you have to pay the Tmei Vlad to the Isha herself. Says Rabbah, tremendous Kiddush. You can have a case where instead of paying to the Bala Isha, you pay to the Isha herself. Even though an Isha is never Yerish from her husband, ever. But in this case, where the husband has no Yerushim, the Vlad becomes Ke'ilu. Hefker? And if the Vlad becomes Hefker, she's in it, because it's inside of her. And now she gets the Tmei Vlad. Says of Chista, what are you talking about? Of Chista, Mari Dachi, the, the person who said this mimer, I meaning speak, speaking to Rabba. Atu Vladis Tsarinu is the Vlad Hefker? Is the Vlad a bag of money that you can be zeichin it from Hefker? Vezachibu, and you can make a kinyan on it. Doesn't work that way. The Torah says you have to pay to make Vladis to the Baal. That doesn't mean the Baal owns it, and therefore if the Baal dies without Yorshim, it's Hefker, and someone else can be kind it. It just doesn't work that way. It's not a din in Kenyan. It's a din in Knas of some sort, but it's not a din in Kenyan, and therefore the Isha never gets it. Ever. If the Baal is there, he gets this schus to the money of it. Less the Baal, if he's not there and he has no Yorshim, lie. There's no chiv to pay at all. And therefore, we have Machlech, you say, Rabbi Nefchista. Rabbi says, you could have a case where you pay the Isha if it happened after the husband who's a ger dies. And Nefchista says, no case ever where the Isha gets the money. Meisvei, we have a price. The price says, Mashmalek Nefchista. The price says, he could see Isha so if he caused her, and he caused the miscarriage, nice and nezek v'tzar Isha. So the nezek and tzar, that's regular hezek she gets. V'tmei v'adis go to the Baal. Ain't a Baal. If there's no Baal, nice and the Yarsha. If you give it to his Yarsha, his brothers, cousins, whatever. Ain't her Isha. If there's no money to pay the Hezek of the Isha to, she died. Nice in the Yarsha. Then you give it to her Yarsha, which could be her husband, which could be anybody else. If the husband was a Ger or an Evan Meshukher, so the Brisa says, Zacha. Zacha is Mashma, that the Mazik gets to keep the money and doesn't have to pay it to the Isha. So you see, like if Chista, you don't pay the Isha. So, I mean, no. Mi'adifnas, this is no different than the Mishnah. Dukimna, we said the case of the Mishnah, that which the Mazik doesn't have to pay if the husband was a Ger is if he caused the damage while the Ger was still alive. And now the Ger dies, you have no one to pay, you get to keep it. The Mesa Ger. Hachanami, the Bryce is talking about Shechavaba, Bechaya Ger, Mesa Ger, Benechanami. If it was Chavaba after the Ger died, then maybe like Rabbi said, you'd pay the Isha. We are talking about Achar Misa Zager. And Rabbah would learn the price of a Tani Zochto. When it says Zochto, it doesn't mean that the Mazik keeps it. Zochto means whoever's supposed to get it keeps it. And in this case, Enechami would be the Isha. So you have two ways to be the price, so like Rabbah or of Chist. So really it's a machloikis tanoi. The Bryce says, again, we don't care what the woman is. We care what the husband is. He's a ger. She gets pregnant. And someone punches her and she loses the baby. If the ger is alive, then no question, you get it to the ger, and if the ger dies, you, you, it's after and fine. If the person hit her, after the husband who's a ger was dead already. So, Tani Chad the Chayv, Tani Chad the Potter. 
Machlaikis. Mamish seems to be this Machlaikis, Rabbin of Chista. That Rabbi who said you give it to the Isha, he's on the side of Chayef. And if Chista says you don't give it to anybody, he's on the side of Potter. This seems to be Beferish Machlaikis Tanoim. So my love Tanoi, something more like this. The Rabbi who said that you always are supposed to pay the Isha, Vade Tanoi. There's no way he can work out the Mandemo said Potter. Why would you ever be Potter? You always pay the Isha. And there's no case that you be Potter. Therefore, according to Rabbi, you're Enechanam, it's Machlaikis Tanoi. Elder of Chista, who said that you don't pay the Isha, Milema Tanoi. Is there another way maybe he can explain when the Brisa, the other Brisa said Chayiv, what does it mean? Because according to him, there's no Chayiv to Mevlad. He says, well, yes, no problem. Like Asha. Or take out, change it to like Asha. When it said Potter, it's going in there. Rabbanu who said, Dmei Vladis and Shvach Vladis go to the Baal. So there's no Baal. He's a Ger. The Mazik Zoychen it. When it said Chayiv, that means according to Shingom Leel. Remember, according to Shingom Leel, Dmei Vladis go to the Baal, your Potter. But Shvach Vladis, we said half of that goes to the Isha. So when it said Chayiv, it was going according to Shingom Leel. That half the Shvach Vladis goes to the Isha, you're Chayiv to pay that Shvach Vladis. That's what the price of means. Some of that's nice pshat, but Yerushim Gamliel, Ma'ir Lachem Misa, Fil Mechaim Nami Yisle Palga. She always gets half. Nothing changed the fact that the husband was dead. She always gets us. What does it mean, Chayev? Chayev that existed always. Says Mechaim is the Palga Lachem Misa Kula. So we have a tremendous chiddush now. According to Yerushim Gamliel, that Shvach Vladis you split between the Isha and between the Baal. If the Baal is alive, he gets it. If the Baal died after the Chavala, then his Yorsha would get that other half. But if the Baal died and he's a Ger, before the Isha got damaged, Dmei Vladis, nobody pays. And a Chanami, like a Frista. But the Shvach Vladis, that she would get all of it. Not just the half. Now she would actually be Zoychet in all of it. As if, as if, Someone is a shutif with a ger, and a ger dies. He has no yarshim. So the shutif ki'ilu might be. It's a machlekes. I learned this, but that's one man they say. One man farshim say that you're, the shutif, the second partner, is automatically zeichin. The whole business, right? The ger dies, so it automatically becomes all of mine. Here also, the isha and the baal were ki'ilu shutfim in the shvach vladis, not the demei vladis, but the shvach vladis. When the, he dies, she now gets all of it. And therefore, when the brisa says chayiv, it wasn't talking about the demei vladis. It was talking about shvach vladis. Or you could say that both prices here, Chayv and Potter, when it said Potter was going on the Dmei Vladis, and when it said Chayv, it's going on the full Shvach Vladis that you now pay to the Isha. So Amri says, well, wait a second. That's an interesting Svar now. You're saying now that she normally, according to Shingamliel, gets half the Shvach. Now that the husband is not here and he has no Yarshim, she gets the full Shvach. How does that work? How does she get all that? Says the Gemara, Ami mishvach vladis l'shmad vedas. Just like you're telling me that she now gets all the shvach vladis instead of just half, so maybe she should also get the dmei vladis. And midim shingam liyon l'shmad abaron. And we don't see a machlekes about that point. They're arguing whether the shvach vladis goes to each at all. But everybody seems to agree if she was getting it, then now she would get all of it. So does that mean that Rabbah's right and she should get all the dmei vladis as well? The Gemara says, like we already explained, no, Amri loy. Shvachva is where Kodesh Shingam Leel, she already got part of it, she already has a schus and half of it, Zachi Vakula. So it makes sense, now that the ger is out of the way, she gets all of it. You own half, so your, your kinyan extends. But which she has no schus in whatsoever, then she does not get any of it. So the Gemara is still saying a Kiddush over here, that 
if you have a Kenyan something of a ger, partially like a shutfis, then you can talk and be zech and the rest of it. But if you have no Kenyan, then not. And therefore, shvachvah, this is according to Shem when the husband is out of his way, even if Chista would agree that she now gets the rest of that. But the Mevlas, which she had nothing to do with, she would get none of. This takes us just off topic a minute to talk about this idea of being zeicha benichse a ger. rav yaiva savamir of nachman. Hamachsek b'shtareshav shel ger. So a ger has a star. That someone has a, a, a shibut. Okay, so the ger is a star, someone has a shibut. Shamal. So the ger dies, everybody comes running, right? Oh, Shlaimi, the ger died. Everybody comes running to grab his stuff. It's all hefker. He has no kids, he has no relatives. Everybody comes to grab everything that's hefker. One guy grabs the star. Okay, so what is this star? Star is nothing. Star is just an IOU. It doesn't say anything. Someone owes him money. Shkoyach. Right? Somehow. Do you say the whole function of a star is to collect the loan behind it? Right? It's not that the, the, the star itself has no value. The star is representative of a shibut on Karka. Over here, you didn't grab the land. You grabbed the star, which is a shibut on the land. Obviously, the person who actually owes the money to the ger, who actually owns that piece of land, he gets that piece of land. It's his. And the, the ger's the loan gets wiped out. And this poor guy who thought he got the land, it just has a star in his hand, which is worthless. Or, in this case, he doesn't even own the piece of paper. The guy who took it, the lava He thought by grabbing the piece of paper, he's going to be able to collect the money or collect the land behind this piece of paper. Lamaisa, we tell him, you're not getting the land, you're not getting the loan. Okay, so at least I get to keep the piece of paper. No, because when you picked it up, you didn't have a mind for the piece of paper. You picked it up for the money behind the piece of paper, you don't get that. Or is his intention at least to get the, the paper? What is the value of a piece of paper? What's he going to do with it? He's going to roll it up and use it to stop up a bottle? Like, what is this whole Shiloh? Who cares? I'm like, let's serve, let's serve. Yes, 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 yes. Paper in that day had more value than it does nowadays. Right? Nowadays, you might even say it's not worth a shove of pruta. Who cares? Piece of paper. In those days, paper had value and it could be used to, as a cork to stop up a bottle. So, he's definitely not getting the value of the shtar in terms of the loan or the shiba that's represented in the shtar. But does he at least have in mind to also be kind of the shtar? So, that was a shy that we don't answer. I'm a rabbi, similar answer from the opposite perspective. Okay, so Yisrael right owed money to a ger, and he gave a mashkin to the ger, and he gave the mashkin to the ger, and it's in the ger's house. Okay, and now Mesa ger, the ger dies. So obviously Ruvain, who gave the mashkin, gets his mashkin back. Okay, but Uba Yisrael by Shimon comes and grabs the mashkin. So what do you do? So Matzina Semiyade. You take it away from Shimon, you give it back to Ruve. Right? Once the Ger dies, he doesn't owe the money to Ruven anymore, and he gets, Ruven therefore gets his Mashkin back, right? Even though he gave his Mashkin to the Ger, we say, Ger, all that lumdus we normally say, that the Balchayim is like he owns the Mashkin, but he only owns it in terms of the Shibud. Once the Shibud's gone, then of course the Mashkin goes back to Ruven, no debate. What about the opposite case? Mashkin is Yisrael. What if the ger owed money to somebody else and gave him a mashkin? Okay. So he gave him a mashkin, now the ger dies. So there's no one to pay, but yet Ruvain, who was owed money by the ger, has this mashkin in his hands. So Shimon comes and tries to grab the mashkin away. Wherever the mashkin is, he grabs it. Okay. Let's say the mashkin was worth more than the loan. Could have such a case where the loan was a hundred shekel and the mashkin was worth two hundred. 
Okay? So Ruvain only owns the mashkin of the ger, a hundred shekel. He doesn't own the other second hundred. And if Shimon grabs that before Ruvain makes a Kenyan on it, if Ruvain wants to make a Kenyan on the whole thing, he could. But if Shimon grabs it first, then Erechanami Shimon gets the second hundred. And Ruvain, of course, owns the first hundred for the loan and the Shibut he had on. So that's very cute. But Ramai the mashkin is sitting in Ruvain's house. And if it's sitting in Ruvain's house when the Ger dies, then automatically Ruvain's house is kinded for him. So forget the half that's the mashkin, even the second half, which is above and beyond the, ma- the value of the loan, the chatzar is kinded from Hefker. So well, how can Shimon come take it? If something's Hefker or something like that is in your chatzar, you can kind it even if you're unaware. We're talking about Ruvain is out of town. He's not home. And if he's not home, his chatzar is not kinded. Why? The Gemara makes up a svar here. Makes, the Gemara makes up a svar which is not true. If he was around, that he could make the Kenyan on his own, so his Chatzere could also make the Kenyan. If he's not around, that he can't make a Kenyan because he's out of town, that's the svar. Says the Gemara, it's not true. It's not true. Just because you're not home does not mean your chutzah cannot make a kenyan for you. Taisa says it has to be what we call a chutzah mishtameris. Has to be a chutzah that's protected by you and has a lock on it or something like that. But if the person's, if the ger's mashkin is hefker in your chutzah, even if you're not home, even if you're on the other side of the world, your chutzah is 100% kainan. And therefore, in this case, it would automatically become Ruvain's. What's the case where Shimon could grab it? The lesser B'chatzer. If it's not in Ruvain's Chatzer, if it's out on the street somewhere. If it's out on the street somewhere, so even though Ruvain gets half of it, he does not actually get the other half. This seems to be a little bit contradictory to what we just said by the Shvach Vladis. By the Shvach Vladis, we said that Svarnu Shingam Liel, since she owns half, she now gets the other half. Here we seem to be saying that even though Ruvain owns half of the mashkin, if it's not in his chutz, he's not going to get that second half. You have to differentiate or decide if it's a machlaikas or had all in the suya. It's an interesting point. Okay, we'll stop.